Hello, dear foodie friends, and welcome to Kitchen Chat. This is your host, Margaret McSweeney, and I'm so glad you're joining me in my kitchen today. And I have missed you all. I know it's been a busy time and a challenging time, and I hope you all are doing okay. I would love to hear from you. Please visit me on my Instagram kitchen chat also my website kitchenchat.info i always love to hear what's on your plate well today we are going to feature a best of with chef rick bayless and it's going to be about the bold flavor of farmers market produce and it's been a very long winter here in chicagoland lots of snow and ice but sunnier days are ahead and the farmer's market is on my mind so i thought you would enjoy this once again please stay in touch and always remember to take a moment and savor the day Come on in to Margaret McSweeney's Kitchen for Kitchen Chat, where every week you'll meet chefs, cookbook authors, foodies, gourmets, and just plain people who love to eat. And along with laughter, chat, recipes, and stories about food, you'll sometimes also hear words of inspiration, love, and hope. As Margaret always says, Kitchen Chat is food for the senses and food for the soul. So grab a cup of coffee, put your feet up on a comfy chair, and get ready to spend a little time with Margaret and her friends. Hello, dear foodie friend. Are you enjoying the bounty of this season's farmer's market? If so, you will really enjoy this kitchen chat with Chef Rick Bayless, who is the maestro of Mexican cuisine. And first of all, he will share how to get the most flavor out of your cilantro. In addition, we'll chat about some of the recipes and vegetables and seasonings that are featured in his latest cookbook, more Mexican every day. And he will instill even more confidence in your going to the farmer's market and choosing some great produce to bring home and maximize the flavor. For those of you that are like always planning when you're going to have guests over and you want to do some things ahead and you don't know like the herbs should all be cut at the last minute, right? No, actually, cilantro could be cut the whole day before. If you cover it with plastic wrap, it'll still look like that in 24 hours. It's actually chopped in a very different way than, say, parsley would be. It's actually not chopped at all. It is sliced really thinly. So you hold your bunch of cilantro, bunching the leaves together, and you do this cutting across the stems and all. Don't have to take the leaves off to do this, but you're going to go across the cilantro very thinly slicing it. So you're going to slice up all of those stems very thinly. Stems in cilantro, by the way, are very flavorful and they're very tender. And then when you run out of leaves, you stop. The rest of it will just go away. And we've got this beautiful chopped cilantro. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kitchen Chat. This is your host, Margaret McSweeney, here at Macy's Culinary Council at State Street with someone who needs no introduction, (laughs) Chef Rick Bayless. Welcome Uh, to Kitchen Chat and Macy's. Thank you so very much. It's a pleasure to be with you. And it's a pleasure to be here at Macy's today. Isn't this fun? And you have a new cookbook out. Tell us about it. Yeah, it's called More Mexican Every Day. A decade ago, I published a book called Mexican Every Day. And it was my first time to really delve into quick cooking. Even though I do it all the time at my house, I really hadn't ever collected all the recipes together. 
So I did that and it was the most successful book that I've ever done. So I decided a decade later to go back to that same topic realizing that we kind of live in a different world these days. The availability of ingredients in this last decade has just exploded. So we have a lot of really phenomenal stuff to work with. So the new book sort of starts where the other one stopped, and it focuses more on the a variety of vegetables that we can get in our farmer's markets. Of course, always given that traditional Mexican flavor. I think a lot of people go to a farmer's markets and they immediately think, oh, I'm going to put this vegetable in pasta because that's the simplest, easiest way to go about using a lot of the farmer's market vegetables. I say that's way too narrow. I would much rather do something that has a really bold and, and and vital kind of flavor profile because that's what I am used to. That's the kind of food that I do. So I delve into classic Mexican flavorings in this book that you could use with a lot of different things that you bring home from your farmer's market or a well-stocked grocery store. So it's really been a very successful uh, second look at Mexican everyday, which is simple cooking. And that's what we're all talking about today is the beautiful bounty of gorgeous farmer's market vegetables that we have at our fingertips these days. And especially at this time of year when everybody is thinking about going to the farmer's market as a an outing as well as a place to shop. And so it's really fun to be able to offer people great ideas of what they can do with that produce. Yes. For sure. And a couple of quick questions came up from, um, oh, Diane in Pennsylvania wants to know the authentic Mexican guacamole, with or without garlic. Well, it depends on who the cook is. Uh, there is no one thing. There is no one recipe. And it changes region to region. It changes household to household. And there are places like in Oaxaca where they love lots of garlic in it. Other places where they put little garlic or maybe no garlic. But I'd say that that is really an essential question that you have to answer yourself. Do you like it in there? If you do, put it in. If you don't, then leave it out. Good to know. And then a Twitter question came up. Heirloom tomatoes are regular. Which one do you prefer? Um, I don't know what regular tomatoes are. Um, does that mean that the ones that have very little flavor and are kind of pink and hard in a grocery store, if that's a regular tomato, then... I don't prefer it for anything. Um, I like really ripe tomatoes. Um, the standard one that you find people using in Mexico is called a saladette. They let it get really ripe on the vine um, so that when it comes into their markets, it's got a lot of flavor. Saladette looks like a large plum tomato. It has enough juiciness that you can make it into a chopped tomato salsa or slice it for a sandwich, but it's also got enough pulpiness that you can cook it into a beautiful sauce. Okay, so that's a very popular one in Mexico. It is a hybrid. It is not something that's an heirloom variety, but then when I travel, say, to Oaxaca... They have beautiful heirloom tomatoes there, but they're a lot juicier than the saladette variety, so they're harder to work with in a sauce. But I love them for their flavor. They have high acid. They are super bursting in what we would call true tomato flavor. And it's kind of a lobed one. If you've ever seen the one that's called Costaludo Genovese, the, actually the original one is the Oaxacan pleated, and then it was taken from there to Italy, and that's where the the Genovese, the, the Costa Ludo Genovese came from. 
amazing. You are just an encyclopedic. <laughs> I've been doing it for a long time. <laughs> this is great. And also, is there a special childhood taste memory you have with vegetables from Oklahoma? Well, I, you know, I grew up in a, a family that was all, they were all cooks. I, because I grew up in a restaurant family, aunts, uncles, grandparents, everybody had restaurants. Okay. But I loved a lot of the home cooking that my grandmother did, and it was very Southern. And there is a type of green bean that is grown in Oklahoma and all through the South called the Kentucky Wonder, and it's a flat bean. And my grandmother would cook it with salt pork for about three or four hours. And I know that we all talk about how very, very lightly blanched green beans are the way to go and all that. I get tired of lightly branched green beans because I think that they can have a sort of grassy taste that is not necessarily the most delicious. When you taste these Kentucky Wonder beans that have cooked for that long, they've just simmered on the back of the stove, it becomes a different thing. You don't think of them in the same hemisphere <laughs> with those lightly blanched green beans. And in the springtime when the first, uh, she had a big garden, and when she would dig up the first potatoes, she would put those little tiny new potatoes in with the Kentucky Wonder beans, and they were so good. It was like one of my greatest uh, childhood memories for a vegetable. That just sounds delicious. And also, of course, we have to quickly chat about your new restaurant. I hope I'm pronouncing it right. Leña Brava? Leña Brava. Leña is the word in Spanish for firewood. And there's a reason for that because it's an all-wood-fired kitchen. So the kitchen is in the dining room, so all of our guests can see it. When you walk in the door, you will see 22 feet of hearth. And there were five fires built on the hearth. And then there is a huge wood-burning oven at the end of the hearth. And everything is cooked there. Um, there is no gas hookup in this kitchen. So if you want to boil water, you first have to build a fire. And then we have these little planches, and you can put your pans on top of that. And you could bring – it's very, very old-school rustic. But it's the restaurant is inspired by the cuisine of northern Baja. So when you travel south from San Diego and cross the border, you're in northern Baja. And that area is well known for several different things. A really rustic style of cooking. Fish like you can't believe. In fact, when you go to the really famous Tokyo fish market, you will find a whole section there devoted to just the fish from northern Baja because it's that spectacular. Um, and then it's also the area in Mexico where all of the really great wines are from. So a lot of people don't even know anything about Mexican wine, but it is it, Mexican wines have won prizes all over the world. The production is small. They can sell it all in Mexico. They are not inspired at all to do exporting into the United States. However, we have convinced a few people to let us bring in their wines. So we have a really nice list at Leña Brava of these wines from northern Baja. There, um, there is the Valle de Guadalupe where the wineries are. It's like the Napa Valley of Mexico. And there are 110 wineries there, 110 wineries. So we're talking about a, a real great diversity group of people, beautiful restaurants there, unbelievable places. It is so high on my list of recommendations of where people should visit in Mexico. It's just spectacular. When you walk in the door, our goal is to like transport you to another place. And we think we do that because we have the, the hearth and all of its fires and beautiful, beautiful food coming off of that hearth. And then you just turn to your left 
and you will see a huge bar. And one end of it is uh, a seafood, a cold seafood bar. So ceviches, aguachiles, all of that sort of thing. And then the bar bar, the, the cocktail bar, um, has 110 different expressions of mezcal, which is sort of, well, let's call it tequila's uh, sort of more rustic brother. And that is super popular right now and really delicious. And in the same way that our food is rustic, this, um, the alcohol is rustic, the mezcal is rustic as well. And we use it in lots of different cocktails, but we also have it to, to sip neat and it's just gorgeous stuff. I'm, I'm so into mezcal right now. Is exciting, and you too can have a taste of Mexico with Chef Rick Bayless's new cookbook. And the name of it again? More Mexican every day. Yeah, it's um, it's it, wherever they sell books, you can find it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and thank you so Certainly. much, Chef yeah, Rick Bayless. My my pleasure. It's really been wonderful chatting with you. Oh, thank you, and thank you, dear listeners. And always remember to take a moment and savor the day. Thanks for joining Margaret for Kitchen Chat today. Margaret would be so excited for you to drop by and visit with her at kitchenchat.info, where you'll enjoy podcasts, blogs, recipes, tips from chefs, and even great giveaways. She invites you to share your recipes and kitchen stories, too. As Margaret always says, savor the day.